when there's an expectation and it's not quite met, assume the best out of that person. Maybe something's going on in their house and they had to deal with it. Or maybe they just looked up and saw the news and they panicked. You know, whatever those things are, assume the best right now out of your team. Like build a gap of trust. And that, that sounds so simple and so obvious, but it's so easy to run to the negative right now and go, oh, well, you know, they didn't do this or do that. Just right. the opposite of that. Fill the gap of trust. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Hope everybody's doing good. Working from home office, which is now a normal thing for majority of the people around the world. <laughs> um, and we started to have more and more people talk about like, hey, what's going on? How do we do that? So I thought it'd be amazing to bring somebody who's an expert not like me, who, who just doesn't, who just try to figure that. But an expert, meaning somebody who is who's running a company that is hundred percent remote, has won multiple awards for being the best culture, uh, or from an organization perspective. So I wanted to invite my friend Brian Miles. Brian is was the CEO and as a co-founder and, and and the chairman of the organization Belay. I use their virtual assistant. I love them. And and it's just to make it so, Brian, we'd love to give an introduction for who you are, what you do. Um, and and we're going to talk about like the hacks, the tools, the culture, the accountability. So if you can hear us, give us a thumbs up on LinkedIn. And Brian, I'll let you just share a little bit about yourself. Sangram, thank you. First off, hello, everybody. I hope that you are navigating the workplace apocalypse really well. Not too long ago, my son just came downstairs and said, hey, dad, I need more time on my computer. And so I had to give him more time for his schoolwork. <laughs> <laughs> We're just we're navigating a new time, you know, for sure. With uh, really globally, um, I'm getting messages from like Norway and people in Europe, like how do I work from home remote? So it's just an interesting time. Um, so first and foremost, we're with you. We're we're working through this together. The the good news is, uh, Belay in particular, we've worked from home for almost ten years now. Um, our company has over 1,100 people on our team. And we're fully distributed. So we've never been in an office and we've grown an organization to the size it has um, by doing that. So we're here to cheer you on in this somewhat hectic time. Yeah. And, and so 1,100 people over 10 years and it has always, always 100% remote. Yeah. Um, we sell virtual services. So we sell virtual assistant services, virtual bookkeeping and webmaster services. And we felt like if we were going to be true to our service, we would need to live up to that. And so we don't have an office. We've never had an office. This is my, this is my office. My wife and I yeah. share an office because we work together. But yeah, our, our teams all work from home. Wow. And, and tell a little bit about it. I know you, you're very humble and you, you probably wouldn't say unless I push you to talk about this. But your, your organization, Belay Solutions, have won multiple Best Place to Work awards back to back on Inc. and other places, right? So it's not like, hey, we have an organization that's remote. No, no, no. We're not talking about that. We're talking about an organization that is remote and has won multiple awards best place to work from a culture perspective. So, and I think that's really a lot of people's hesitation and, and I think stress is like, 
oh, we, we do this 10, 10 o'clock huddles. We do this yeah. like face-to-face thing. And now all of a sudden it's not. So tell a little bit about the culture that you have built and how you're built. Well, the good news is for anybody that's listening and you're now forced to work from home, you can still have a great company culture and it doesn't have to be because you're not in an office or you're in an office. Um, you know, what I tell people all the time is that physical locations or offices, they don't make culture. What actually makes culture is shared vision. And once you really create a shared vision, the meaning behind why you work and you can round up people on your team and say, hey, this is why we're here. It doesn't have anything to do with an office or a home office for that matter. It has everything to do with where you're marching together collectively and corporately as a, as a company. So that's the first thing I'd really encourage leaders, especially our employers, uh, founders, owners, that you know you need to really get really crystal clear on the why behind your work. Because people, that's what they're looking for right now. It's not you know necessarily uh, we have a cool office with a ping pong table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or beanbags or free lunches. Yeah. And now people are realizing that, well, we need to rethink and reinvent. So let's talk about very tactical. I think a lot of people and people can set up, set up questions. I'm, the reason I'm watching this is so I can see on uh, like what questions we're getting on my phone on the LinkedIn Live. So I'm just trying to do this the home office because I've done this from work and I will have the whole setup with like two monitors and all that stuff. So now I'm learning how to You're do it. Great, yeah. Great. All right. So let's just talk about one of the real practical tools, the things that you used at Belay for your organization to be on communication, on point, where you just knew what things are going and how things are doing. Well, I mean, Zoom is probably the biggest. We have an enterprise application with them. I mean, we've used them for years. Uh, they seem to be the most robust for our organization. So Zoom is obviously one. We use IM a lot. We're on the Google platform. So we're constantly back and forth. We're also a Salesforce organization. So we use Chatter okay. uh, for organization. And then a lot of our teams will use Slack for various functions just to kind of stay up to date on certain things or get a quick update or have a quick question. So those are the biggies that we're using right now. You know, I'm seeing and talking to other organizations and they're figuring out how to like leverage Google and Skype and Google Hangout you know, from a communication standpoint right now. Foxer is another one that's a really a, a, a great tool to kind of ping pong back and forth with communication. We're seeing that too. Yeah. Um, Sauna has got some good capabilities in it to stay collaborative and stay on point with deadlines from a project management standpoint and same with Basecamp too. Yeah. So you a lot of, lot of different technology and tools. And I, I saw a Zoom's stock price. Just yeah, I know. Zoom up. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, uh, but they're doing really, really good. They're also, um, I know Eric and, and they have done some really, really good stuff. They're giving away free to schools uh, because schools are trying to figure out how to do this. I know. Uh, the kids app, our kids application is really slow right now because, and they just sent out a message saying to go to it in off peak hours, which, you know, that's where we're living right now. And that's okay. That is, that is okay. All right. So one of the questions I did get from my team here at Terminus and then other folks is that, all right, our sales team, for example, let's just talk for sales team, like the SDRs and stuff. They typically yeah. have a very strong culture of getting up, like doing an 8 a.m. huddle, like, hey, we're going to make 50 calls today. We're mm-hmm. doing all these things. It's back and forth. They almost live off each of this energy and all that yeah. stuff. And when you think about that from an energy perspective, like you, we all know, like when we all get together, there's nothing like that. Yeah. At the same time, that's not necessarily the most productive thing either, right? Like, you really don't get a lot of stuff done when you're always all together. So 
Could you give us like how your sales organization created, or you as an organization, because I love this idea of shared vision, how do you create energy in your organization in a virtual setting? Yeah, it's, it's pretty similar to how you would do it on site. For example, this morning at 10 a.m., our corporate team, which is about 90 full-time people, were all on Zoom. So we were like a giant Brady Bunch. 90 people on Zoom? Yeah. And it's, you know, communicating, hey, this is where we are. This is our stance. This is how we're going to help people. These are the resources we're giving out. Don't forget while we're here, we're here to help you um, stay healthy. You know, and it's about an hour long conversation once a week where our teams, our departments are giving updates. So this is completely possible. You can do this in a virtual setting. You know, if you want to have a little bit of fun. In this kind of right now, when everybody's so serious, and we do virtual happy hours. Yeah. So about four o'clock on, you know, at a certain point in a week, you might just say, Hey, everybody grab your favorite beverage and jump on Zoom and we'll talk about where to find hand sanitizer or the crazy thing you saw at Costco or whatever that thing is right now. Yeah. You know? Tissue papers, because clearly that is everybody wants tissue papers for some reason. So. Yeah. And, you know, another really simple thing is, you know, gaining consensus on web calls, especially like, hey, how's how do you feel about this or what's the sentiment or should we act or make a decision? We really we, internally, we do this thing called fist to five. And it's this really simple thing. So Sagram, if I said like, you know, on a scale of zero to five, how do you feel about the weather right now? And you look outside and you go, oh, I don't know. It's a three. I We count the thread, go one, two, three. And then you hold up a number and I hold up a number. And then we gain consensus across like who that is. So fist is zero and five is like really strong. So I'd encourage you know folks to do that to gain consensus on calls. We're in a really simple way right now. It's fist to five. Wow. I love that. So these are the kind of things. So one of the questions I got a lot and I wrote down was like, Tell us a few things that we could do as hacks um, to just continue the conversation uh, in Slack and, and all of these different tools because people are like just trying to figure out like they even never logged into Slack and now they're like yeah. logging into it and it's like, oh my goodness, there's a whole bunch of people talking about all kinds of stuff and I want to get my work done um, and be focused. So people are like really trying to regain a new level of focus and figure out what, the, what, what is the real water cooler on Slack versus actual work Slack. How do you talk about communication in your organization? What is, because you said you're really high on chatter, really high on I am, a lot of that is done. How you as an executive, as a CEO, as a founder of the company, as a leader, because a lot of leaders are actually struggling because their whole thing was their whole team in there with them. What is your advice for leaders in the organization? How should they lead right now in this remote environment? Well, very practically speaking, especially for leaders or really for anybody that's working from home right now, they, you need the time block. You need to decide when you're going to be heads down, thinking through something that's critical for your business or, you know, that scheduled sales call that you need to close because you still got to meet quarter. You got to meet quota and all those things. Um, that's still very important, but you're going to have to time block better. You're going to need to have some hours that are just for your own well-being. Give yourself some time to get up and take a walk. You know, stretch the legs, drink water. Don't forget to have lunch. You know, there. You know, it's really easy to get you know on the Wall Street Journal and start tracking the you know how the Dow's doing at the moment. You know, it's it's a crazy time, and, but you've got to get up and get moving around. Schedule calls. You know, manage that calendar as best you can. But then when you know five comes around or whatever that time is that you decide, you just need to be done because more than likely your family needs you to be present at home, and you need to have a chance to recuperate. Um, from your day too. I mean, and the other thing too, I'd just say it's really simple is leaders and really coworkers too. 
you're working from home right now, you need to extend a whole bunch of grace. And that is the most practical thing I can tell you because, I mean, look at it this way. You've got kids that are not in school right now. They're maybe scared. They may be bored. They may be asking you a question about schoolwork that they would otherwise ask their teacher. You may have a spouse that's working from home and you're in 100 square feet with your spouse trying to make it work. Yeah. And there's just a lot of grace that needs to be extended right now. So that's one of my biggest encouragements to leaders is just give grace. You know, you're going to hear a dog bark in the background. You're going to hear, you know, jumping in and and just be patient. Um, But that's the beautiful thing about this, too. We're we're finding a new way to work around. In some ways, some people, you know, I guarantee you, Sangram, some people didn't have that soul sucking commute today. (laughs) <laughs> already like, how in the world do I get to do this again? Yeah. Opportunity upside in this as well. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I don't think I'm like, I'm sad about not traveling. I'm sad. I'm purely sad about kids actually not in school for like yeah. a portion of it. So they, so I don't have like, I mean, it's weird. It's like loving kids at the same time is like, okay, can I have like 20, block, 20 minutes of block? And one thing I've realized, this is just my own portion in the last few days. I've realized when I give like a 30, 40 minute of uninterrupted attention to my kids in the beginning of the day, especially mm. like it's when they're all day at home and, and we're figuring out homework, we're scheduling, my wife works, all that stuff. When I give them a 30 to 40 minute of uninterrupted time, not a phone, not my laptop, nothing, just them and I doing breakfast or playing or do, they're building fort now. So like, you know, watching them do it, be part yeah. of that. If I do that for 40 minutes in the morning, I think I get a whole bunch of grace from them for the rest of yeah. the day yeah. to do my own work because they got the love and the attention they needed for a period of time. Is that like, does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, you, um, you know, we, most of us are working for our families, you know, yeah. for our, our spouses, you know, and so it's important that you keep that front and center, you know, um, it, it's kind of, you know, I've, I've been on some, a lot of media calls starting late last week on CNBC and Inc and Entrepreneur and, and other places. And what's funny is my my kids, they just, I'm dad. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, like, hey, dad, can you help me fix this thing or whatever? It's, you know, for, so you've got to remain parent. You've got to remain spouse or yeah. partner or whatever in this time. And, you know, realize that work is work and it'll get done. Um, and I, and I, I also genuinely think that people are doing a pretty good job to extend grace. But if, if this continues for a season of time, there's going to be there's just going to be tensions that mount. And it's yeah. just something for people to be cognizant of. And the other thing, too, you know, what I found, especially but you know, this isn't a parenting talk, but having the kids express their gratitude seems to dissipate their worry. And that's been true in my own life. You know, when I when I communicate what I'm grateful for, worry seems to get in its place. It, it takes care of itself in some ways. So um, we give them a chance to say what they're grateful for right now. And yeah. you know, my son, who's 11, he'd probably kill me for saying this, but, you know, he's, he, you know, he's, he's worried. You know, and it's, it's kind of an interesting time. So parents, I can't help but say this, you know, yes, we have a job to do. We need to, you know, take care of our families, you know, from a paycheck standpoint. But, man, we need to just be present for them as well. No doubt. No doubt. Now, you have done this for 10 years in a row, and, and I would love to hear your lessons learned from it. It's like, all right, I tried this. That didn't work. Or we did this. That didn't work. Or here are a couple of things. They absolutely was. I had no idea this would work, but it works in our organization. I think people would love to hear lessons of your success as sure. well as failure. A couple of that really stand out that we figured out over the course of time, especially around web calls. 
So Zoom or whatever application you might be using, um, especially in a group of like maybe up to no more than 12 people, everybody needs to stay off mute, not on mute, off mute and have their video present. Like think about it this way, Sangram, where else in the world would you and I have a cup of coffee face to face? And then I go, excuse me. And I just drop a sheet down in front of you and we have a conversation. You know what I mean? But, but for some reason, that's okay. You know, in, on a video call, it's not. So it's important that people are present, that they're part of the conversation, that, that they're, they're, you know, not doing laundry or things like that. Like expect people to be present, you know, and mute is the devil, especially when you're trying to get things done. Like what you need to do is tell everybody, hey, look, I expect to hear a dog bark. I expect to hear a kid in the background. Keep your background noises to minimum, but stay present. Stay off mute. I need to hear your voice. I need to hear you collaborating. Yeah. And those are things that are kind of counter to what we're seeing, you know, or what I'm hearing from other organizations. But those are things that are pretty much non-negotiable for us. All right. So that's one. Off mute, on video, set expectations. Got it. You know, another one, too, um, that, that I would say, and we touched on it briefly, is communicate to your person that you report to what your work schedule needs to look like. And then just make sure that they're in agreement on that. Go, Hey, here's where, here's what's going on in my house. Here are the things I need to take care of. And just being communicative and just saying, is, you know, do you have any issue with that? Or just, you know, double checking to make sure that that's cool. Yeah. And then I would, if I'm a, if I'm working for an organization and I haven't got any clarity around tools that are expected for me to be using, I would be asking that question. Uh, and if I'm a leader or a founder or an owner of an organization, I would be putting out a list almost immediately of how to work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, making sure that schedules like, you know, for example, inside Belay, we use Google. And so we have access to people's calendars. So we know what's going on. And sometimes that's a little loose in other corporations. Mm-hmm. But I tell you to tighten that up because um, it's real easy to assume that they're actually not working when they're maybe are working. And so a calendar helps kind of create that, that visibility. The other thing too, it's, it's something that I would tell you to kind of continue to create a great culture for organization. Even if you are remote remote currently is assume the best in your team. Mm. Inside our organization, we saw it, we say, fill the gap of trust. So when there's an expectation and it's not quite met, assume the best out of that person. Maybe something's going on in their house and they had to deal with it. Or maybe they just looked up and saw the news and they panicked. You know, whatever those things are, assume the best right now out of your team. Like build a gap of trust. And that, that sounds so simple and so obvious, but it's so easy to run to the negative right now and go, oh, well, you know, they didn't do this or do that. Just right. the opposite of that. Fill the gap of trust. Yeah, I think the emotions are high. And right now I feel the same way. Like I think I would like snap at a quick email, like, you know, and, and just say something or like, you know, why not? And the reality is that, no, you actually don't need to do that. You need to like, just take, take a moment um, and understand that this is high emotions for everybody. Yeah. Now, Brian, you also wrote a book on virtual culture. Um, yeah. And I'm assuming it's like selling like hotcakes right now. So talk about that book. Like, what is that book? What is it about? And, you know, what, what for people? Because I'm, I think I want people to have resources. So I'm going to link out to a resource to, uh, to something that you shared with me, mm-hmm. which is on Belay Solutions, where it yeah. talks about like, all the different ways, the culture, your remote team, your tools. And all those things. So I'm going to have that link in there. But also share a little bit about the book that you wrote and, and what people should expect from it. 
Sure. So back in 2017, our company was um, awarded by Entrepreneur Magazine Top Company Culture Award. And we were ranked number one, which is really good. But out of the 50 companies that were on that list, as best we know, we were the only company that didn't have an office. We were fully distributed. Uh, So at that time, we got quite a bit of exposure. Like, hey, how in the world did you do this without an office? And so I decided that the best way to kind of communicate that was to write the book, Virtual Culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tagline is the way we work doesn't work anymore. But the gist is behind it is what we shared earlier is that an office doesn't make culture. Shared vision is what makes culture. And so I, I share our playbook, not the playbook, but our playbook on how we created Belay from really my wife and I and our assistant to a company of you know over a thousand people today. Yeah. And the things that we did, the practical things and the kind of mindsets we had to create an organization of meeting and of size that really served our clients and, and still do to this day. But the, it's really our playbook at Belay on how we defended and created our culture. Yeah. And, and, th- and when, what year did you start Belay? We started Belay in late 2010. All right. So right after the big recession. Yeah. We actually, uh, yeah. my wife and I left our jobs at the, what I would say is the height of the Great Recession when unemployment was 9.6%. Wow. And uh, we cashed in our 401ks as our own startup capital for our business when our kids were two and five. So yeah. I'm here to say that if you know anybody's listening and they're wanting to start a, a business, <laughs> it sounds counterintuitive, but now's a good time to start a business. Oh, man. I think you know when, when, when things are like narrow for you and you have to figure things out, I feel like it's the best time for you to look, look and do things. And, and very few people, I think I, I'm, what, what I'm writing and sharing is like, we have two options. We can choose the option to fear and like, oh, my goodness, the world is collapsing or hope, which yeah. is, all right, well, this is, got it. Uh, we, we had Brett Hagler. I think you know Brett Hagler, yes. uh, who is the CEO of New Story. He actually spoke at our Terminus uh, company um, meeting a couple of weeks ago, and he shared something with us uh, that I think people are starting to talk more about is whenever bad things happen, they would just say, good. Not, not like, hey, good, this thing happened, so we got to like, you know, like it's great. No, 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 good that we know it instead of like having a negative, like good. We yeah. know we all have the same understanding now, to your point, have a shared vision of where we are, where we're going. And now we figure out from here. So I think almost like changing your vocabulary around how you deal and talk about certain things can be a huge uh, change in this current environment for people. Yeah, 100%. I, I can't overemphasize the need for leaders right now, especially in organizations, whether they're for-profit or nonprofit even, is just a point to the organization's North Star. Yeah. You know, like, why are we doing this? Why are we here right now? Why your work matters to our organization? And communicating that in a consistent, ongoing, thorough, clear message is important right now for for teams, really, and for coworkers because there is a lot of uncertainty. And you know, especially if you're hard hit by certain verticals or industries right now, you need yeah. to lie behind your work. And leaders—that's the job of a leader—is to carry people forward through these times. Absolutely. All right. So I'm going to summarize with the top three takeaways for me. We're going to link after, right after this on the stream. Uh, the link to all of the resources that you had and the link to your book. And I'd love for you to end this episode in the next five minutes with a challenge for everybody to take action. Like what is the one thing you'll ask everybody to do? So, and again, we would also take the recording of this and put it on Flip My Funnel podcast. If you want to listen to that, it will be over there later on um, as well. So three things. Number one, I love this definition of culture, that culture is not in an office environment. It is created by having a shared vision. 
And so every leader out there, if you're listening to this right now, figure out what your shared vision is. Your organization probably has one and should have one. If they don't, they should. Uh, but maybe your team needs to have one and they work and operate differently than another team. Don't try to be like every other team and imagine everybody to be like engineers are, are going to be different than marketing people. So don't expect the same thing from everybody to happen, but actually have a shared vision for your team, your organization, and be clear and, and overt about that. You talked about a bunch of tools, so, so a lot of, lot of tools for there. I love your ideas of like virtual happy hours or morning breakfast or coffee or something like that that gets people who are extrovert and who need that time to like just get going. Uh, I, I, think, I think that's, that's something good. You, you also mentioned like a couple of things like when you're doing meetings, in order to create accountability and all those things, make sure the video is on and you're off mute. Video is on and off mute. So that's really, really interesting and important to know. A lot of times, I mean, I personally would sometimes just, it's a natural habit. You go on and mute, right? It's like, no, no, stay off mute. And, and to your point, set expectation that you're, you expect and you are okay if the dog barks, if your cat jumps on the laptop or your kid is running. You know, if, if it's crazy, yes, but for the most part, it is okay. We accept that. We are okay with that. We, we want you to participate. Um, and again, I'll have a lot of these in the show notes on the podcast when I put it up there. But you also talked about this idea of assume the best for, and, and for the people on your team. Don't snap at it. The emotions are really high for everybody. So just have that grace moment and grace meter up a little bit for yourself and others. So just assume the best for others for how they're coming in. So ton of great ideas, Brian. This is fantastic. What is the one challenge you want to share with everybody? I think my friend Donald Miller recently, I was watching an Instagram story with him and I I thought he really nailed the essence of this time right now. And it's, you know, look, this is going to blow over at some point. And it will be, you know, like Corona what? But right now it feels like it's so present in everybody's life. And it is. And it's a global issue. and certainly a nationwide issue. I love his challenge. And I like it. And I've shared it with others too. It's that, you know, how do you want to be remembered? You know, did you, were you steady? Were you calm? Were you grace giving? Did you default to trust to your team? Like, how do you galvanize your leadership right now? And as a worker... Um, if you're not in a leadership capacity right now, how do you want to be known? Like, were you a hard worker? Did you stay focused? Did you did you produce the result that was expected of you in the organization? That's the I just I love that challenge, and I and I've stated it a few times over. It's like, how do you just want to be remembered? Um, and you know, last time I checked my uh, this morning, that looked like the uh, the mail came. Yeah, you know, there's food in grocery stores. You know, it's it is maybe a, a bit of a workplace apocalypse at the moment, but this too shall pass. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just cheering everybody on. Our company, Belay, is cheering everybody on. While the, we're not consultants for remote work, we've become that over the last couple of weeks. And we're, we'll, we'll give you all sorts of resources. And hopefully you find it helpful um, as you navigate this time in your culture. That's awesome. I love that challenge. I think that needs to be a poster or something. I'm going to just write it down in big letters and print it and put it. How do you want to remember during this time as you go through it? I think that's a fantastic challenge, man. I love that. Well, I did it. I wish I could say it. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's awesome. awesome. Thanks for sharing. All right, Brian, I know you got to hop, um, but thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Again, this will be on the Flip My Funnel podcast. And every day, I'm just interviewing uh, a fitness coach about like how do you exercise at home when you work from home. So I'm going to do that in a couple of days. I'm interviewing a CM, Megan Eisenberg, who's the CMO of Trip Actions, about 
how do you marketing create pipeline when events are like off? Like, how do you think about that? So every day or every other day, I'm going to be doing something on LinkedIn Live and not try to be the expert because I am not the expert, but bring the experts and talk about it. So thank you, Brian, for being on. Thank you for the opportunity. Be well, everyone. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.